What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by the wwe network 
Head on over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and start your one-month free trial of the WWE Network, courtesy of your friends here at the two-man power trip of wrestling. And it is the absolute perfect time to go over and remember the life and career of the one and only legend Bruno San Martino as the brand new Bruno San Martino collection has been added to the WWE Network. And you can check it out right now by heading over to wwenetwork.com slash TMPT and taking advantage of our one-month free trial of the WWE Network. And if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I am joined by my tag team partner, the one and only John Paz. And John, today on the show, I don't think the airwaves can contain it. It is with such pleasure and such esteem that we are joined by the one and only Goldberg. Goldberg. That's right. Bill Goldberg joins today's program and a episode that had come straight out of left field as we've been preparing for TMPT Con 2 on May 19th. The one and only Bill Goldberg fell right into the lap of the two-man power trip, and we took the ball, and we ran with it, and it didn't matter that we didn't have that much notice. We got this episode together, and we bring to you the one and only Bill Goldberg, who is going to be promoting his show on the History Channel that we're going to tell you about here in a couple of minutes. But what can you say about Bill Goldberg? Obviously, his return to professional wrestling in the last, I'd say, about, what, 18, 19 months where he came through, dominated Brock Lesnar, and and was a world heavyweight champion for the first time in years. It was an absolutely amazing return after people clamored for Goldberg to get back into the ring. And I think we all got what we wanted as we saw the jackhammer, we saw the spear, we saw the entrance, we saw the smoke, we saw the fireworks, we saw it all. And the one and only Goldberg was back. And of course, he can't just sit around. He's got to do so many other projects. And that's what brings him to the airwaves of the two-man power trip. Here today. So what I want to do now is I'm going to bring John into the fold. And John, obviously, like I said, this episode kind of fell into our lap as we we're preparing for all our TMPT Con Two shows. And I guess that's uh, not a bad thing when Goldberg can fall into your lap. But why don't you tell us a little bit more about what Goldberg's got cooking here on today's show, as well as just how awesome this was to get to rap with the man himself, Goldberg. Yes, Chad unbelievable to get Goldberg on such a huge fan of his and just you know awesome honor for our show to be able to get on a legend the man if you will Bill Goldberg absolutely love what he's doing now as in on the history channel Forged in Fire Night for Death is a competition show that he is hosting and it's all about the knives it's a great great stuff I really like this show, not only because he's the host of it, but, but what the show is all about. And I just feel like with the weapons and, and the knives and his excitement and his charisma and just his hit factor, he's just a perfect host for this show. And that is, again, Tuesday nights on the History Channel, Forged in Fire, Knife or Death. But besides that, I just wanted to mention that uh, a big thank you to Bill Goldberg for coming on. He's a big-time hero in, in the world of TMPT. Not only for the fact that he's just such a great wrestler and he's just has so much raw intensity and just charisma. And like I said, it factor, just he puts it all together. Just something about him that kind of makes him a modern day superhero. And he's just a huge role model and just a great character 
for kids to look up to and even for adults to look up to because not only will he you know be a great person for some of the kids to look up to but for somebody like us they're like man this guy he's a tough ass he, he's you know, tough as nails he he can be that kind of strong presence nobody's going to bully this guy no one's going to push him around he's just one of those guys you just really really look up to as a hero and it was just great to get him on and you know we kind of mentioned the WWE Network off the top. We got to mention this: my WWE Network recommendation. That's wwnetworkcom slash TMPT. And what else would you recommend? But go into the WCW Vault on the network. Go into WCW Monday Nitro. Check out July sixth, nineteen ninety eight. Goldberg has two wins that night. First, he beats Scott Hall. Then he beats Hollywood Hogan for the WCW World Title. In the Georgia Dome in front of 45,000 people. And they sold this show out basically within a week's notice, 45,000 people. So just imagine if there was more buildup, how many people they probably could have fit into that thing. But Goldberg was the man at that point. So again, wbnetwork.com slash TMPT. That is my network recommendation. And if, quite frankly, if you're looking for anything else, Bill Goldberg, I would also highly, highly recommend my favorite Goldberg match, Fall Brawl 2000. So go under WCW pay-per-views, Fall Brawl 2000. Bill Goldberg versus Big Papa Pup, Scott Steiner. If you want just a knockdown, drag out a brawl of two huge mammoth men just you know destroying each other, check out Goldberg versus Scott Steiner from Fall Brawl 2000. You will not be sorry. You will love it. And even Dave Meltzer gave it a very very high score four and a fourth so i mean it, big big score there on that match i absolutely love it so again wbnetwork.com slash tmpt get everything you need of the man bill goldberg and on this show it's going to be pretty interesting because what we did here is we kind of turned this into a tribute to goldberg and i was able to go through the tmpt archive which is never ever a bad thing to do pull out some gems from way back in our early days, as you're going to hear quotes from Brian Nobbs, Bill DeMott, Johnny Swinger, Diamond Dallas Page, Glacier, and a couple more modern episodes with Gilberg, one of Goldberg's uh, maybe uh, most uh, big all-time nemesis, and uh, our tag team partner on the Triple Threat Podcast, the franchise Shane Douglas. You're going to hear some quotes about Bill Goldberg. You're going to hear it coming from a couple different aspects. You're going to hear it talking about what the streak meant. You're going to hear it talking about the intensity of Goldberg, what it was like in the Georgia Dome that night. We, we kind of cover all bases with these quotes that we were able to pull from these older episodes and some that, honestly, you know, you do so many of these shows, you might forget some of them, but not, not in a bad way forget just because there's so much content that we put out. And before we get here in a wrap, I'm going to ask John here. I mean, I pulled out some doozies. I got Johnny Swinger. I got DDP. I got Brian Nobbs. And there were some that when we were shooting them back and forth off each other, we kind of had to remind ourselves of some of these episodes. But it's funny to look back at Diamond Dallas Page in, in early 2015 telling us about that Halloween Havoc 1998 match with Goldberg that when you go back and look at it, it's probably one of the more quizzical moments for WCW, just what happened with that main event. I'm surprised that one didn't make it onto your uh, your Nitro or your WWE Network recommendations. That is another great, great Goldberg match that I would definitely go out of my way to see or go out of my way to watch again. Absolutely love that match. Great match, great finish. 
one of Goldberg's best matches, but I, I just I just love the the Hogan moment in Atlanta, Georgia, on that Nitro, him winning the title, him cementing himself as the man, the undefeated world champion. So I just love that moment, and I just love that Scott Steiner match because I feel like a lot of people don't realize that that match was that great. I mean, I feel like a lot of people haven't seen it, but definitely I would go out of my way to check out that match. Obviously, their Starrcade 98 against Kevin Nash is a good match. Uh, a bunch of matches against Raven, a bunch of matches against Saturn. I mean, I just, to be honest, I just love all Goldberg's matches because you know you're getting a hard-hitting match. You know that, you know, quote-unquote, like, this guy looks fake or this guy looks fake or this guy doesn't look believable. You can never say that about a Bill Goldberg match. He was always believable. Everything he did in the ring, you're just like, man, this guy is just an absolute killer. You you just believed everything he did. And he's one of the few guys that I, you can really look at and say, like, just looking at him. So let's just say, you know, he walks into a room. He was looking at him like, that guy has it. You know, even if you didn't know wrestling, you didn't know who he was. Like, I don't know who he is. I don't know you know where he's from. But that guy has it. I love that guy. So Goldberg is absolutely the man. I mean, there's so many matches of his just to go out and check out. And even from his run that he just had with the WWE, WrestleMania 33, the real main event against Brock Lesnar, what a hard-hitting great match. I mean, it was like five minutes, six minutes, whatever it was. But whew, did they kill each other in that time frame? And boy, did it re- look real. And boy, did it look believable, whether it was the jackhammer or the spear. Goldberg always hit the guy 100%, and it never, ever looked like he was pulling any punches. Never pulling any punches, never pulling any kicks. And always hitting that jackhammer and spear, and then you knew it was all over. And Goldberg joining the two-man power trip of Wrestling Archive now. This is such an awesome get, and we're very happy to bring this forward. So we want to thank the History Channel. We want to thank Goldberg for coming on and spending some time to talk about this new show, as well as a little bit about the WWE Hall of Fame and also his uh, most recent experiences back with the WWE. So stay tuned. For all of that, and we want to remind you, it's wwnetwork.com slash TMPT. You can start your one-month free trial today. You can experience this great, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. We were promoting that last week, as well as all the amazing Goldberg content from WCW and also when he joined the WWE. But when you do all that, you're going to settle in, and if you're making plans to come join us on May 19th in Richmond, Virginia, for TMPT Con 2, you're going to be joining some of Goldberg's uh, greatest foes as Kevin Nash and Scott Hall and Eric Bischoff will be joining a cast of characters like Henry Godwin, Two Cold Scorpio, Mikey Whipwreck, Gilberg, New Jack, Shannon Moore, Nikolai Volkov, The Barbarian, C.W. Anderson, Mr. Hughes, Ronnie Garvin, Tony Atlas, and independent wrestling star Solo Darling at our TMPT Con 2 in Richmond, Virginia. On May 19th, it's a pro wrestling fan convention, a meet and greet, an autograph, a photo opportunity for a lifetime's worth of uh, fan memories that we've been looking to put together for a long time. And we've got our show the way we want it to be coming May 19th. And if you're going to be in Richmond for that show, please join us at the TMPT Con 2 Nightcap at the Backyard Grill in Richmond, where Eric Bischoff's going to be sitting down for a night's worth of Q&As, Drinks, dinner, and a little uh, intimate time with Easy e as you can ask him any question that you've ever had on your mind for Eric Bischoff, whether it's talking about Goldberg in the streak or talking about the debut of Goldberg, or how about, what about when Goldberg turned heel? I don't know if uh, Eric Bischoff really had anything to do with that, but I'd love to hear his comments about 
Goldberg's heel turn. I think that was uh, something that was a big eye raiser at that point. But get to TMPT Con 2, get to the nightcap, and you can ask that until your little heart's content. So with all that being said, get to TMPTofWrestling.com for all the TMPT Con 2 info. And as we get here to this episode, John, I'm going to hand it over to you. Do what you do best. Hit it with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get it on over to the man, Bill Goldberg. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr. Glenn Kane, Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Follow along with a two-man power trip as we come to a town near you. Join us in Richmond, Virginia for TMPTCon 2. May 19th at the Holiday Inn with feature guests Kevin Nash, Easy Eric Bischoff, Mikey Whipwreck, Mark Canterbury, and so many more. So follow along with the two-man power trip as you never know where we may land. And now, without any further ado, a 2018 WWE Hall of Fame inductee a former two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion and a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion. You may know him as the man. He is Goldberg. Please enjoy. Well, joining us on the line 
is a man who is a former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, a two-time WWE World Heavyweight Champion, a 2018 WWE Hall of Fame inductee, and now the host of History Channel show Forged in Fire, Knife or Death. It is our distinct honor to welcome in the one and only Bill Goldberg. Mr. Goldberg, thank you for joining us. Anytime. Anytime I can talk about this pretty uh, pretty wild endeavor, man, it's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> you know, I got to tell you, just looking at the title, it's the perfect vehicle for Goldberg because Forge and Fire, Knife or Death, but when I think of getting into a fight, I'm going to think I need fire or a knife to take on Goldberg. So what do you think about this project and, uh, and what you've seen out of it so far? You know, it's something uh, that's not uh, out of the norm for me, taking on something that I'm not an expert at and trying to sound like I know what I'm talking about. But it's, it's given me a great opportunity to learn about something that I, I'm not an expert at, like I said. Um, I kind of feed off the people that are around me, the weapons expert, um, the blade expert, Travis Wirtz, um, Two Lamb. We've kind of got the best of everybody in each given discipline. And so I try to tie it all together with a little bit of excitement and um, heck, my wife is a, uh, is a blacksmith and now I can, uh, knowledgeably have a conversation with my wife about, uh, forging knives. So, I mean, heck, if, not, if I don't gain anything, I can at least talk at the dinner table uh, coherently with my wife about that process. Uh, there's there's so many cool things that are like just in the, the the process of putting this show together and what we've read about it what we've seen so far there's just there's so many extreme athletes and and just unique competitions built in so what is it about you that drew you to the project is it that it's a little bit different for you or is it getting to see some of these unique talents all put together on one show? Well, part of me as a human being likes a challenge. Um, it's something that wasn't in my wheelhouse from the beginning, but. Um, in a sense, I, it was in that I have uh, an extensive knowledge of the martial arts, um, body movement, and physical application. When it comes to violence or violent acts, I think I have a little bit of experience there. Um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it, and it's a really cool format. Um, there was a show that I did years and years ago called Bull Run, and it was an automotive uh, uh, competition and it pitted you know probably six teams and it was pretty it was uh, it ran the gamut of the stereotypes okay you had the two young pretty girls in the BMW you had the two redneck guys in the big truck from Alabama you know um, you had the Mexican guy two Mexican guys in the 57 Chevy at the end of the day, it was a clear representation of a number of demographics, whereas people could instantly, whether they were blade experts or not, they could instantly have somebody they could either relate to, cheer for or against. And in like in, and like in wrestling, all you want people to do is care one way or another. So it's... It's not only a history lesson, it's visually spectacular, like a, like a uh, Ninja Warriors, the course is. Um, you get your element of 
backstory and knowledge about the blade and forging. And then you get the violent aspect and the in-world, the, the, the real-time aspect of people running through a competition. And you have two type A alpha males commentating on it in real time, showing their natural reaction. I think it's, you know, it's a, it's, it's a pretty cool combination of a lot of things that make it work. And like my wrestling career, it was dependent upon a lot of moving parts. And whether it's the guy who created it or the guys who present it or the guys who film it or ultimately the people who run the course, it's a, it's a team effort. And it's a lot of fun being a part of that team. Have you had a wow moment yet that's really taken you off your feet and really shocked you and that kind of overblew your expectations of what the competition and what the show was going to be? <laughs> well, all you got to do is listen to my goofy reactions on a couple of instances where guys broke their blades in half. Um, things happened that I never envisioned possible, but maybe it's because uh, I didn't know the complete process of the forging of the knife, and so I didn't predict something like that to happen. But in real time, when you're when you're calling uh, an obstacle and a contestant going through it with a 38-inch blade, and then he takes one swipe, and then it becomes a 36-inch blade, one more <laughs> swipe, and then it becomes a 32-inch blade. You know, and you see pieces flying, and you see the reaction out of him, and you see the visual spectacle of it actually happening in front of your eyes it's it's really cool and as goofy as i sound um that's that's a natural reaction i'm not trying to overblow anything we don't yell cut and i you know do a do a uh a vo of me screaming um we do vo's of stand-ups of informational stuff we don't do vo's of natural reactions and good, bad, or indifferent, that's what you got. And I think it's a cool aspect. Now, it's awesome to have Goldberg, you know, as a host of the show and kind of the, the face of the show. Do you think wrestling really kind of got you ready for this role? And it kind of, you know, it kind of does fit Goldberg. This, the whole style of the show and the whole presentation of the show fits Bill Goldberg. <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. I, you know, there's there's no question that wrestling had a hand in uh, making me the man slash performer that I am today. Um, I was I was comfortable in my skin when I played in the NFL, when I played uh, uh, at the University of Georgia, when I played at Edison High School, because I had been afforded opportunities as a young kid that gave me confidence in dealing with what was set before me. So I like to think that from the beginning, you know, the Goldbergs are, you know, ones that try to push to the front and always strive to be the best and try to feel as natural in any situation possible. And I think experience has everything to do with that also. And wrestling falls into that. And it get, got me to the forefront. And I'll always say that, you know, my dream was to be in the NFL Hall of Fame, but getting to the WWE Hall of Fame actually served the purpose that I set out to accomplish much more so than I think the NFL Hall of Fame would have, and that was for me to be a role model for kids. And, uh, you know, 
I don't know how that role model status applies to knife or death, but, uh, <laughs> you know, when, when you, I guess when you encapsulate it, it's something I, I took on as a challenge and hopefully I'm succeeding and hopefully we've got lots of years of uh, competitors to be seen going through these crazy courses. There's so many moments in your history. I've been a long, long time fan, and whether it be WCW, you know, beating Hollywood Hogan for the world title in the Georgia Dome, or you know, just going on that streak. And there's so many different things. But when you came back to Monday Night Raw, and you had, were basically this homecoming of this huge hero, and you were doing it for your son, that really hit home for me because I got I got a little boy. Uh, he's going to be three soon. It just that hit home for me. I was like, man, this is awesome that he's able to do this. And he was literally, like, I got, like, goosebumps. I'm like, man, this guy is, like, legitimate Superman-type hero, doing it for his son, doing it for his family, and he came back and he beat Brock Lesnar. Is that moment really special to you, to be able to come back and do that? Oh, my God. It's the most special thing that I've ever been afforded in my entire life. It was, uh, you know, but, again, I mean, it's, it's because of a lot of other people other than myself, a lot of people other than myself, I just was cast in the spot to be able to pull it, excuse me, I was cast in the spot to hopefully be able to pull it off. Um, my success was not dependent upon my own um, uh, performance. It was, uh, uh, again, a, a, uh, a symphony of people making it happen. And I'm just lucky to have got that opportunity. I'm appreciative that I worked my ass off, that I made it happen, and that the and that the you know everything fell in the right place. But like me beating Hogan in front of forty thousand people in Atlanta, I was in the right place at the right time. And so I, I'm an extremely lucky human being to have been afforded the opportunities that I've had in the past, and to be able to. 12 years removed from the business, go back and do what I did as a father along with, you know, just a normal human. I mean, I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. And, you know, and, and you can understand and, and millions upon millions of guys can understand the situation that I was in and that I'm in every day being a father. And so to get that opportunity to basically be put on a rocket and shot up to stardom again in front of your eyes, the eyes of your son in real time, dude, that's how can you write it any better than that? So cool. It's just what a moment for me. That was probably my favorite moment in wrestling in a very, very long time. It was so cool. I just, I ended up being a long time fan of yours. That was unbelievable. And it was awesome to see you be inducted into the WWE hall of fame, rightfully your place in the hall of fame. Did you enjoy the hall of fame and, and, you know, your weekend with the WWE? Um, uh, yes and no. Um, it's, it's bittersweet. Um, I, I, I'm, you know, I'll start with the yes in that I was extremely and will always be forever uh, honored and indebted to the people who chose me to be a member of the of the Hall of Fame, period, end of story. The people that I rub shoulders with in those uh, in that hall, you know, I mean, I, I don't deserve to be there by any stretch. But, you know, did I enjoy being last when half the people left? because of a six hour ceremony when people go on and on and on and 
you know, and unfairly try to encapsulate their five to 30 to 40 years in the business. Um, it was an unfair, it's an unfair, unceremoniously uh, strange send off because it's, it's just tough. <laughs> you know, you try to be professional in consideration for others. Um, and I'm not saying that the others weren't considerate because they deserve their time. You deserve to sit out there and talk for an hour and make people understand how appreciative you are of the, of the, of the accolade and the induction and the stories that encapsulate your career. It's an injustice for people not to hear those things. But at the same time, it makes for an, an extremely excruciating experience sitting out in that crowd <laughs> and even more excruciating for somebody who has to follow them and capture their career in a short period of time, which is what I tried to do. And hell, I forgot about Sting, and he was sitting on the front row, thank God. I forgot about a million people. So you don't have time, hmm. you know. And I gave my suggestions to, to Mr. McMahon afterwards. And, um, and then you carry on to the next night, or, or you carry on to, you know, mania where you're introduced. Well, I, I mean, I, I was out of there like a hot potato because – you know, as long as I'm physically able and, as I said, have the ability to do the things that I used to do, I'm not saying I want to be out there doing it, but it's tough being around. It's like being in pads, standing on the sideline, you know, waiting for the coach to put you in, but you can't because you're not eligible. Um, it's just I'm a competitive person, and it's tough to, to sit back and watch other people do it whether it's wrestling or, or anything else, whether it's hosting a show, whatever it may be. So that transition, you know, that's kind of forcefully retire when you get this Hall of Fame induction, um, I, I just, I'm uncomfortable with that whole kind of situation. So um, well, I'm still walking, walking tall, man. <laughs> that's, that's all I get to say about that. Well, there's no doubt that that Hall of Fame career set you up for what you've done post-wrestling, which has just put up so many awesome credentials, whether it's commentating or whether it's hosting or whether it's doing other appearances on television shows. And I've got to say, you, you got your ear to the ground in the entertainment industry, so I might want to pitch this to you. How about Forge and Fire, Knife, Death, or Jackhammer? What do you think about that for a show? I, <laughs> I think it's great, but you know, it was hard enough to get the insurance policy that we did, so... Heavy machinery, not uh, not heavy machinery, but you know something like that in there. I, I don't know if we can get away with that, but I like the idea. <laughs> Absolutely. So Goldberg, because I'm not talking here. about I'm not talking about the I'm not talking about the move. I'm talking about an actual jackhammer because that's the only way we'd have to pull that one off. <laughs> I don't know. I saw you hit that jackhammer on some people, and it was pretty impactful. So you could say the actual jackhammer. I'm going to say your jackhammer. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But we got to come back to Forge and Fire, Knife or Death, new episodes, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the History Channel. Goldberg, please, if you can, just give us one last pitch for the show and what fans can expect from you every single week on Forge and Fire. Knife or Death, Tuesdays, 10 Eastern, 9 Central, only on history.
watch it or I'll kill you. <laughs> or you get the jackhammer too. Goldberg, this has been absolutely unbelievable. We appreciate the time. We will be tuning in. And, and I know you probably hear this a lot, but the door is always open for the two-man power trip. If you want to come back or you need some tag team partners on Forge and Fire, we'll be there for you within a second. Well, I appreciate it. And I just provided you with one of the best trivia questions you can ever ask from all your listeners today. And they should get a signed Goldberg photo or whatever they want if they get the movie that I pulled that line from. Hey, well, we oh. will definitely put that out there. Yeah, we'll put that out there without a doubt, and we'll hold you to it. So we will uh, we will definitely get that out there to the masses. But this has been the man, Bill Goldberg, joining the Power Trip. Mr. Goldberg, thank you so much. My pleasure. Good day, gentlemen. How about that backflip? And a big power slam! And that's a lot to lift, over 300 pounds of Hugh Morris. And he did it with ease that time. He's going to pick him up again. Scoop slam, put him down. Hey, a pretty agile for a big Goldberg. Watch his hair. To the attack again. Maybe a vertical suplex here. Got him up. Oh, yeah, it is. Muscles him up. Combination slam. One, two, three. And oh, Bill Goldberg. Pumps the nitro and pulls a major upset. And Hugh Morris is not laughing. He got one shot in. How about that? Not only did he pin him, he kicked out of no laughing matter. You know, I think Hugh Morris got shocked. He gave him his best shot, and Bill Goldberg kicked out of it. What a debut for Bill Goldberg. Incredibly, with a major upset over Hubris here on WCW Monday Nitro. Now go find out who Bill Goldberg is. All right, let's, let's leave that up to Gene Oakland. Obviously, there was another huge guy that you ended up being able to wrestle, and I believe the quote was, hey, the streak had to start somewhere, and this Goldberg's first match on TV on Nitro in 97 was against you. What was it like wrestling Goldberg, and did you see him becoming like the mega, mega charismatic superstar that he was? Well, approaching, you know, probably like there's only two questions ever asked of me, and the first one's always Goldberg, and the second one is, hey, what was it like to be with Goldberg? <clears throat> so in 28 years, I I realized that Goldberg is my legacy, and I'm, I'm, I'm I say that with a smile on my face. I mean, we went into that night like anything else. The, the depending on who you talk to and the version of the story was, I got told that hey, we need to get this guy over. Okay, well, that's kind of my job. And if you go through the history of WCW from 95 to 2001, that was my job. No problem with it. I don't think anybody saw what uh, – I say anybody but Bill. You know, he probably knew what he wanted to accomplish. But after that night, the way it was done, you know, just the way it was presented, however it happened – you knew that Bill was going to do something. And then to watch it turn into that, I don't think anybody – I didn't see it. I was happy with it. To me, he, to me, he was just Bill. I don't mean uh, just another Bill. He was just Bill. Bill was always cool with me. Uh, I'm a fan of Bill as a person. I never thought it would be what it was. And I think as the storyline kept going, uh, the bookers and everybody else said, well, I wonder how far we can go with this. And he turned into – one of the biggest things in wrestling history. So it, it was cool. I mean, to me, it was like wrestling another guy. 
a guy who wanted to get his back flip in, but another guy. Goldberg's going to send him into the ropes, and here it goes! Tackles it! Speared him with that tackle! This matchup pits two wrestlers with among the best one-loss records in World Championship Wrestling. Goldberg has never been beaten. Glacier only two losses in his entire WCW career. Goldberg hooks up Glacier, mayhemming for the jackhammer up in yes! Combination suplex, power slam, this one's over! Goldberg just ran through Glacier! Goldberg has been running through everyone. Last night, that's going with Mongo with a struggle. He'll be the first one to say it. That's all I gotta know! You know, well, Mongo and Goldberg, they come out of the same mold, man. These guys, they're just two trucks! What a way to begin WCW Monday Night Pro, the rebirth. After last night in Starcade, we're going to take you to the replay here on Monday Nitro. Look at this capacity crowd, and we take you to the one and only living legend. Well, watch this glacier coming across Goldberg. Dive, hit him right in the midsection, drove him down, his head pounced off the mat. Goldberg is one, pumped up and psyched individual. Picked him up here. Well, look at the balance Goldberg maintains. Glacier, critical position. Goldberg snaps him down, drives the weight, hooks the leg. This man's going to the top. Um, you know what? I don't. I don't want to. I wouldn't say I was disgruntled. Um, I just. Uh, I didn't understand, so I was frustrated. You know, and uh, because I always really prided myself, and so did Canyon. Everybody in our group, you know, uh, that hey, look, you know, we're 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 company guys. We'll do whatever you need us to do. Just just kind of give us an idea of, of, of where you see this thing going. You know, and and uh, after that first year and like we were it was i think bash at the beast 97 when we had just an an unbelievably killer match to, to kick off the pay-per-view i mean the the match was was i think hands down the best match of my entire career and uh and i would think that you know canyon and those guys would rank it as one of their top matches i mean it was one of those matches where everything just clicked you know and uh and i remember ultimo dragon and benoit i mean not benoit um uh jericho followed us and the crowd just emotionally was flat not because of their match just because I mean, we had them. I mean, we didn't grab a hold the entire match. It was about a I think about a twelve minute match, and so um, and and it was just one of those matches where you know everything just clicked on all cylinders. But um, but yeah, you know, it, it was frustrating because after that, you know, they just didn't seem to know what to do with us, you know. And uh, and even though we, you know, we were smart enough to know that hey, look, we need to start giving them being proactive, giving them suggestions on what to do with us. And so we. You know, we we would meet and we would write down and say, hey, you know, what what about going this way with it, this way? And it just seemed to be falling on deaf ears. For whatever reason, um, they just didn't seem to know what to do with us, and they didn't really seem interested in, in any ideas that we had. And I think, like I said, at that point, I think all they were really worried about was, you know, what, what how do we continue on this drive with this NWO thing, you know? And uh, and once again, I, I don't mean that – I don't think it was a personal thing at all. Um, you know, I – I know that there were, uh, you know, certain people. Of course, the booking committee seemed to be changing all the time at that point. I think there were certain people that came onto the booking committee that uh, that were very much, you know, those old school traditionalist type wrestlers who maybe were not a fan of that that whole style, you know, the the, the Mortal Kombat style. So I think that might have played into it. Um, but I think most of all, they just didn't know what to do with us. They didn't know where to take it, and, and they just, for whatever reason, weren't open to any ideas we had. And we had some good ones. We really did. And, uh, but, um, but yeah, but, but my whole thing was like, you know, when, when they, they did the undefeated streak and I think it was like 14 months straight or something like that. Um, you know, that was, that was cool. I'm not going to lie. That was pretty darn cool. <laughs> but, uh, but, um, uh, but you know, there came that time when it kind of ran its course, you know, and, 
and, and that's what I always tell people too, because people, there's, yeah, I hear, yeah, I've heard everything. I've heard, oh, the glacier thing was a flop from day one, you know. And then, uh, then but then, you know, I, I have a kid walk up to me and tell me, you know, that when they see me on WWE now, you know, on the network, and they just say they want my, I was one of their favorite wrestlers. I mean, so you know what, you hear all of it, you know, and, and you have to take that with a grain of salt. Um, but that, that's the one thing that I always remind people of is that, you know, whether people agree with that undefeated streak or not, undefeated streak took me to a point to where, you know, first year where, you know, I was doing something that was literally unheard of back then, you know, and, and really, you know, Bill came along and it really took it to the next level, but she just didn't have undefeated streaks in wrestling, you know, and, and pro wrestling. So it was, yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a cool thing. And I was the first one to say, okay, when's this going to end? When's it going to end? <laughs> yeah, I, I sort of been building every, every time we had a, a show going, okay, well, it'll end today. So I was like one of the most surprised to see it run that far. But, um, but once again, you know, I, I think a lot of it had to do with they weren't really sure what they really, where they really want to go with it. And so Eric's saying was, we put a lot of money into it, just keep pushing it, you know, for right now. So, um, but, and which was fine with me, obviously. But, but, you know, for over a year, you know, I had that, I was, I was there on the show. It was, you know, that, by that point, it was really getting legs to be like the show to watch. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, that, that's what I'm really proud of, the fact that I was able to be there during that time, really have strong matches, you know, hold my own with, you know, some of the greatest talents, you know, the wrestling world's ever known. And, um, you know, and just be a part of that, this experience. I mean, if, if there's one thing I wish I would have done, uh, it's kept a journal of all that, and I, but I didn't. But uh, but that's why I want to always remind every young wrestler, keep a journal. At the very least, keep a list of the, of, the, of the matches you have, you know, because you'll be amazed how quickly they add up and you'll have 1,500 matches before you know it, you know. But, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, so, you know, it's, um, you know, it, it like I said, you know, it's, um, you know, did it try to be everything that, that I hoped it would be? Yeah, of course not. But at the end of the day, you know, it, it, it was it was unbelievably awesome too. You know, so uh, I, I there were times when you know, like I would get, you know, we uh, we had a um, I had a match that was in the Georgia Dome, and uh, when me and uh, Bill Demont were going to work, Bill had just come back and he just signed a new deal, and they'd been negotiating for a few months, and and uh and he was with Jimmy Hart at that point and and you know I remember Terry Taylor was our agent and uh, and Bill they wanted Bill to go over and give him a big push and and Terry like <laughs> looks at me Terry has been a huge instrumental part of my career you know especially since the WCW days um you know and, and I really respect Terry and admire him a ton but you know Terry kind of went pulled me aside and said hey you know do you mind you know that is that is that a problem you know I forget exactly how he said it but basically he said do you mind you know putting Bill over and I was like, no, are you kidding me? I mean, I mean, you see, I mean, Bill's like, you know, Bill's, you know, he's, I mean, he's a great talent. He's, you know, he's, he's I mean, the guy to be 320 pounds and move like that. And, and, you know, and, and, and it was his time, you know, they were going to push Bill. So I'm like, why would I mind? You know, I mean, you know, people did, you know, they did the favor for me. I mean, this is my time to do the favor. And, and, uh, um, and, and with that attitude, Bill and I went out there and had a, an unbelievably great match, you know? So, so yeah, I mean, you know, I, I just, that's the one thing I think that, uh, you know, that most people in this business get caught up in. And it's one thing I always say, you know, and I would never say this in the past, but, you know, being that most people who are especially listening to a show like yours are, you know, at least somewhat smart to, you know, the inner workings of the business is that, you know, it, it ain't really winning and it ain't really losing. You know, it's, we're going out there to, 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 to entertain people and, and hopefully evoke some emotions and make them forget about their problems for a while, you know. And, and everybody has their time and everybody has a time when you have to help that person when it's their time and and that's just how i looked at it during that period you know when it was uh but then once again you know i got you know i lost to goldberg on main event on nitro you know how many guys can say they were main event on nitro <laughs> so i'm like well, if i'm gonna lose the bill i might as well lose in the main event <laughs> I wouldn't put his face in the pit. I wouldn't give him a 
Very, very shortly, I believe. One, I don't know, because he did a ton of press uh, a couple weeks ago, was Bill Goldberg up in uh, New York. And uh, what do you think it is about Goldberg that people still just get into a frenzy about, that he hasn't wrestled in America since 2004, and he does always tease that final match coming about at some point. I know Scotty Steiner definitely had some uh, colorful things to say about trying to get Goldberg back into the ring, but what is it about Bill Goldberg that still sends the fans into an absolute frenzy to want to see this guy compete? Because he's the real deal. Bottom line, you can't say no more about Bill. He, you know, what he says he does. And uh, he did a lot when, you know, he was back in the day, and he was the only one to have a streak like he did. And, you know, and what he says, he comes out and usually does, and there's never no BS with Bill Goldberg when he says he's going to come and give you the, you know, the jackhammer, you're getting a jackhammer, you know. <laughs> so if you're getting a spear, please, by God, have an ambulance ready. But uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen, you know what I mean? And, yeah. you know, not only him, but then he got two legendary WWE Hall of Famers with Bret Hart and Ric Flair, and, and, I mean, just them three alone, topping the bill, you know something's going to, you know, go wacky and go crazy. So it should be a very exciting, entertaining night for everybody. Oh, wait a minute. Well, the franchise has something going here. He's, is there something around his fist? He's got the chain around his fist. Oh, no. Anyone? He dropped him at 30. He dropped him at 30. No, he's fantastic. He was he was good and solid. Um, uh, the way I liked it, um, he was uh, always very easy to work with. For me, at one point, uh, he w- the first time we worked together, I can't remember. I, I want to say it was somewhere near Denver, and uh, he and I were were talking in the back, and he came up and he started going over a couple things, and he stopped himself and he said, "What am I doing?" You know, uh, I, I'm, you know, I, I forget exactly. I said, like, you know, what am I doing? Tell the franchise, I'm sorry, I was listening to you, and and I took that as, you know, as being like very respectful, and you know, I always respected that about Bill. You know, as as big as he was at that point, and he was huge over, um, he he trusted me and allowed me to call the matches and. Uh, 
You know, that that's when you work with somebody like that that has that kind of explosiveness, like I mentioned earlier about Taz. And Goldberg just had that, you know, I called him a manosaur. You know, like he just had that dinosaur man look that just was just an incredible look. And, uh, you know, so explosive and so strong and so intimidating looking in the ring that for a big mouth heel, it was easy to play off of to set the spots up in the proper place and lead them to the proper location in the match. And the rest of it works. I always enjoyed working with Bill. Um, I never had any troubles at all working with him. And uh, he was snug and solid in the ring, never stiff. I don't ever recall Bill ever stiffing me in the ring. And I always enjoyed working with him. Yeah, you wrestled him, you know, a few times, uh, you know, one-on-one anyway, and uh, yeah. obviously came up on the short end of the stick. But a lot of people always say how stiff he was and, you know, at times, you know, not not reckless per se, but they say sometimes he was a little bit too, I guess you could just say a little too, a little bit too snug. Do you ever, you know, come across that with him where you say, oh, my God, he nails you with the spear or he was a he was a little bit too rough with you? No. I mean, he was, you felt him for damn sure. You know, I mean, he laid his stuff in. But, you know, by, I would venture to say the people that were complaining about Bill would have certainly complained in ECW. Um, you know, we, you know, we, we, we set a standard in ECW. It was rare that you got potated in ECW. They came, they were there. You know, you got them here and there. Uh, but for the most part, the stuff was laid in snug and solid, you know, so when you watch us fighting out into the audience and, you know, throwing punches right 12 inches from, from a fan standing right there, um, you know, we had to lay that stuff in, you know, we couldn't stomp our foot and miss by two or three inches. And, and so you got used to that in ECW. And when I worked with Bill, he was right on par with all of that. You know, snug and sort of, you know, you've got the phrases potato, which is, is, is too hard. Snug is solid, hard, and you feel it, but, you know, not a potato. And, uh, you know, and then you work down from there. And then what I say is too loose. And, you know, Bill to me was, was on the upper end of the snugness, you know, but the way I liked it and the way we liked it in ECW. Um, so I, I never had any complaints from Bill. I never remember ever coming back to Bill and saying, Hey man, lighten up or, you know, hey, this is a little bit too much. And I never, ever had that problem with Bill and always enjoyed my matches with him because again, as a, as a big mouth heel, when you have that kind of an explosive opponent that you're working off of, that's already over to begin with, it's easy to, to, to get the match to where you want it to go. And I, and I never had any complaints with Bill as far as potatoes, never, it, don't off the top of my head ever recall being potatoed by Bill Goldberg. Over 50 or 60 consecutive wins. No! Uh, maybe 61. He wasted no time with that spear of his and picks up Johnny Swinger for the jackhammer. He's something. He's something. Is he the man or is he the man? Goldberg, Mr. Intensity, as you can tell, he walked in very solemn, very calm, and he ends up you like that? explosive. You set him up, I'll knock him down, brother. Some people ask me all the time, 
Is he a good guy or is he a bad guy? He's a guy. Whatever he wants to be. He's a man. He's whatever he wants to be. He can be good, he can be bad, he can be he can be at your home if, if he wants. I got I always tell people, I don't know if you were gonna ask me that, but just from being in all those companies, I always say that WCW was the best one. And uh they, they treated me the best and even though I never was pushed, so to speak, um for being as young as I was and and not as I was only in for three or four years, you know what I'm saying? And here I was on on these big TV shows, and um, you know I'd, I'd get a win on Saturday night, and then I get beat on Nitro. But man, it didn't matter because I was on the hottest shows on TV at that point for wrestling. So it was like, you know, I just, like I said, every JJ Dillon he hired me, and, and he gave him like two or three raises the whole time I was there, and. I wasn't getting a push, but I kept getting raised. And the reason he told me is because he told me, he goes, you don't need a push. He goes, you go out there and you make the most of every minute that you get on TV. And that's what we're trying to trying to teach all these guys. And everyone wants to go to the top, but it's like you can't just have a show with that's the top. It needs to be underneath people, you know, that, that have talent. And not just, you know, where people are going to, you know, turn the channel and watch Raw. I mean, there were a bunch of times I was on Nitro right around that 9 o'clock hour. So if I wasn't any good, they wouldn't be putting me on that spot, and that's the way I felt about it at the time. And I was like, I felt like at any point they could do something with me, and then, you know, I was friends with Raven, and even DDP started to get in my ear. You know what I mean? Oh, you should get out of here. You know, you should go to Paulie. You know, he'll give you a bigger chance, and, you know, you can come back kind of thing. So that's how that, that's how I ended up leaving. Even that worked out. ECW went really well for me. So, oh, it definitely did. Uh, Simon and Swing are a great team. But I just wanted to get, go back to uh, WCW for a second because you know you were making a great point about you know it was the big boom period. I've always loved WCW the most because I don't know it's just different than, than the WWF for sure. And they were just on such a hot streak. And you were part of a huge show. You know, let's just say a Nitro when uh, Goldberg beat Hogan in front of forty-five thousand people in, in Atlanta. I mean, you're a part of you're part of that show. What is that like? You know, it's just just like uh, you know, just like a whirlwind of emotions. Like, man, this is a it's just one huge show, and it's only you know a, a free show on TNT. Oh yeah, I mean, well, I still live in Atlanta, so I mean, you, you know, whenever, whenever I go downtown, I see the dome. It's like, wow, I can't believe it wrestled there in front of all those people, and you know, it, it, it's always a story. I use that story that night to defend Goldberg. A lot of people like, oh, Goldberg doesn't deserve this. He shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame and all this stuff. And, like, I was there that night. And I went out. I made sure I went out to the to the crowd during that match. And when he beat Hogan, I never heard a, a roar of a crowd like that in my life. I mean, it was the guy was unbelievably over. And, and just to stand there and be a part of that and be a part of the company while that was going on is just a... Just a great feeling to be in the in the middle of all that. I mean, it was it was pretty awesome, and uh, nothing's ever really come close to that. You know, even with being with the the other companies after that. I mean, I don't know what happened. I, you know, after I left, it kind of went down real fast there in that 2000 to 2001. But up until late '99, it was pretty hot. You know. Oh yeah, still still getting huge ratings in '99, especially if you look compared to what WWE is getting today, which is you know two point two, and WWE yeah, '99. Yeah, still getting I five. hear that. Yeah, the guys are telling me that. I'm like, wow, we were doing mid twos on the Saturday night TBS show, and they were getting hot about it. You guys got to get back over a three. I remember that. I'm like, wow. And then the, 
So, yeah, things have really changed. And, and the other thing that, that changed, too, is I love, I love talking about WCW, is I had so many TV matches that were 10, 12 minutes sometimes. And it's like, when do you see a 10-minute match on Raw? When can you get that kind of exposure, you know, on a... You can't. You got a minute, a half a minute. That TV time is everything. If you, you know, if you're on TV for ten minutes, you got you're worth something. You really are. That's that's some precious time. And I had a lot of really cool TV matches with uh, a lot of big stars. You know, like DDP. I did eight minutes with DDP on a Saturday Night Show when he was getting that big, you know, that really big push against the NWO and stuff. And Man, it was just a lot of cool matches there. Rey Mysterio had some really nice matches with Rey Mysterio and Kidman and stuff. You know, guys that were really over with the people, you know. And it was just a really good experience. He's trying to get Paige up. You know he's trying to get him up for the jackhammer. But he's got only one arm to do it with. It's amazing. Amazing. He can do it with no arms. No, I couldn't. Oh, first time he hasn't been able to that I know of. We, there may be some severe damage in that shoulder. Gonna try again. Sure he is. Little surge of energy. He's sucking it up. Page, Page has got the top. Oh, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. His record's over. They're standing in Las Vegas. What a match. Did Paige use all of his energy to hit him with the diamond cutter? He has not been able to follow up with a pinfall attempt. Of course he did. It was desperation. It's all he could do. Can he crawl over and cover the man? He's there. One, two, Goldberg's out of two. Goldberg is still alive. Page again, hugs him. Page gonna try suplex, forget about it. Goldberg's got him up! Goldberg's got him up! Jack hammered him down! One, two, it's Goldberg! It's Goldberg! Oh, he earned that one! That's why he is the man! That's why he is undefeated, and that's why he is 155 and 0! Yeah, I think without question, and, and he's only was wrestling at that time a year and a half. So for, you know, what's funny about that match, if you go back and watch it, because me, I just talked about this with uh, Stone Cold, I guess it was a few months back, and uh, I'd seen it listed up. Someone had listed it up, uh, DDP and, uh, and Stone Cold, you know, shoot on Goldberg. That was like, you know, people get people to watch or listen to it, you know. And Steve and I had such a good time on that conversation. But one of the things that happened during that match, um, I, I had told Bill, I want him to miss the spear because he never missed the spear. He's like, what do you mean miss the spear? I'm not going to miss the spear. I go, yeah, but I've got a way to do it where, you know, you miss it and then, you know, I can start getting on top of you. And he did not want to do it. It took him like three weeks, took me three weeks to convince him that this is the way to go. And uh, during that match, if you watch, at one point he runs in at me at the turnbuckle and I stick up a boot and he staggers back and then he comes running at me to spear me in the turnbuckle. Well, I like 
are my arms on the ropes, I throw myself over the top rope onto the apron. But if you watch him, he's coming so hard and so fast, <laughs> he don't want to miss it. He wants to nail me no matter what, even though he's not supposed to. And right. he, I get, I, he must miss me like by a half a contact. I mean, it was freaking like a millimeter if it was that. And uh, he went through all the way and hit his shoulder on the, on the post like hard. And he would sell that you know, throughout part of the match. So now it gets towards the end of the match where he's going to hit the spear. And the thing with Bill, because they wanted to keep his streak going, well, during regular shows, if he goes out there and just beats some jabroni or freaking some bottom guy, it doesn't mean anything. So what they did is they found new guys. Go get one that's 300. Then the next guy's 340. Then the next guy's 380. Then the next guy's 450. I mean, it was like one huge guy after another. And that's what was all leading up to my match with him. Because I got to get him wins, but get him on TV, but they're not going to be top talent to beat him because he's the angles with me. So he has to shoot, spear these guys. Because guys are with three plus hundred, four plus hundred, they're not just going to flat back bump. You're, he's going to have to take them. So. By the time he gets to me, and now he's going to get the spear for missing it, I know he's coming like a freaking freight train. But I'm like a napkin. Like, put a napkin in the air and just let it fall. Because I'm going to be that light, and I'm already going to be gone before you get there. So I don't take the impact. Billy hit Big Show with that freaking spear so hard he cracked his sternum. So... I knew to be gone. Well, when Bill grabbed me, it was like grabbing a napkin and she's flying through the air. And if you watch that match, you'll see his head is past my body as we're heading to the mat. So the first thing that hits that mat at, I don't know how many miles an hour he was going, but his head hit that mat at whatever that was, 30 miles an hour or whatever, if he didn't have those huge traps, he'd be he'd have, he'd have a broken neck. He might have quadriplegic, you know, you know, whatever it's called, quadriplegic, you know, himself. <laughs> but uh, again, he had those huge traps, and uh, you know, he survived. <laughs> and then he went to pick me up for the jackhammer, and he put me down. I thought, oh my God, this son of a bitch is really selling, and for for the first time ever. And then he picked me up again, and I dropped behind him. I hit him with a diamond cutter place went crazy. And uh, I crawl over to him because I waited a while because I know he's going to kick out. And I put my arm over him, one, two, and he kicks out, as opposed to one, two, and nine tenths. I was like, oh, why did you do that? It was a great pop, but it wasn't <laughs> as big as it would have been. And uh, I was pissed. So now we go into the finish, and he gets with, you know, the uh, – the uh, jackhammer, and, you know, then he pulls me up and, you know, raises my hand, you know, gives a hug. You ever take him through such a great match? When we got to the back, I go, Bill, why the fuck did you kick out on two at the end? I go, that's not what you were supposed to do. And he said, Dallas, I don't remember anything. He said, <laughs> I remember going for the spear. He got, he knocked out, he knocked himself out. Oh. 
Why? Don't cheer The Rock. Hold on a second. Why? Because The Rock wanted Bill Goldberg to hear every note, every sound of The Rock concert. So, so, to the people, the people's champ, don't you tell The Rock to shut his mouth, honey, or come out there and slap the taste out of your mouth, baby. Yeah. Don't uh, tell The Rock to shut up. So, 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 without any further ado, Ladies and gentlemen, the people's champ takes care of the people. Your hometown hero, Mr. Bill Goldberg. What? Is he serious? Gilbert Goldberg. Would that be a great toy or what? 
Boxset, yeah. oh, Dolls, Gilbert, Goldberg, shit, yeah. That would be quite a uh, toy. I mean, I I would see them easily making that. So you have any plans on, like you said, I mean, we said hashtag Gilbert WrestleMania, but do you have any other plans on, you know, getting involved in this Brock Lesnar feud and being on Raw and being on WBTV? I mean, I would love to, brother. You know, I would love to, man. All they got to do is call. I'll be right there tomorrow morning. Boom. Awesome to see Gilbert back, but it's funny. The original, like when you first started portraying a character, when you first became Gilbert, mm-hmm. is it something that you kind of, uh, you know, did you laugh at it at first? Like, kind of, who pitched it to you, or did you? Oh, or well, you I made up Gilbert. They oh, didn't okay. make it up. I made it up. I was doing it on the on the independent. Me and a buddy of mine, man, we're uh, having fun, and we were just, hey, let's make fun of this guy. Let's call ourselves, uh, let's call you Stone Old, okay? And I want to add Stone Cold, but I was like, you know, with a walker and everything. Like, I was real old, and I dyed everything super gray, because that's when we were doing it. I didn't have gray then. And uh, and it was hilarious, and I said, let's do the Underfaker. And I went as the Underfaker, a little short Undertaker, you know what I mean? So it was hilarious. And then we were like, hey, let's do Gilbert. You look like him anyway. All right, let's do it, man. And we did Gilberg, and then I was actually, when I got contracted, and I was standing there one night, and I was doing a show, and Paul Bear and Kane and I were bullcrapping, and uh, we're talking, just laughing, you know, well, I don't know if you've ever been in the locker room, but how it is in between, you know, matches and all, and uh, I was like, yeah, man, I do this, I do that, I do this, and I said, yeah, and I do Gilberg, and Paul Bear looked, and he stopped, and he goes, oh, Dwayne Gill, you might have something there, son. (laughs) <laughs> and so we talking about? He goes, oh, nothing. So later on that night, every time I walked past him or Kane, they'd go, Gilbert, Gilbert, like under their breath, you know what I mean, to mess with me. <laughs> so the next day, I went in, and I went to catering because it was TV, and uh, I, I was in there, and I'm in line, you know, I'm getting my food, and all the boys start going, Gilbert, Gilbert. So I turned around and went, ah! And they laughed their ass off, and I thought that was it. We did TVs, and I came home. Two days later, I get a call from the office. Get some black boots and trunks, brother. You're now Gilbert. <laughs> wow. An amazing so story. And I can, I can 90% pain, pain. of everything Gilbert did, I made up. Wow. Yep, awesome. and almost every time they gave me something to do how they wanted me to do it, I would I would ask if I could change it to make it funnier. You know, it got to the point wherever I did something with Rock, he goes, come on, let's go in Vince's office. Vince, Gil wants to change it again. What do you want to do? Let's do it like this. And Vince would start laughing and go, hell yeah, let's do it. You know? Yeah, man, Mr. McMahon was always super cool to me. That is great because you can kind of kind of pass ideas with him, right? And he'll be accepting and he'll be open to the you know any idea you kind of have. That's what I'm saying. All the boys who are up there, if they have the guts enough to say it, he he is more than willing to sit down and listen. He doesn't you know he doesn't say he knows everything, but he's really the best at it. You know what I mean? And he knows what's Mm -hmm. good or not. And if you tell him and he don't like it, well then don't get done. But if he chuckles or whatever at it, then he knows, hey, you know, that, that's going to work. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Yep. Uh, yep. Smartest businessman I ever met in my life, that's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> 
He is a mad genius. Mm-hmm. Literally. Literally, he's the scientist behind this freaking mess up. You know what I mean? Oh, the yeah. mad, mad world of wrestling. He so is the scientist. With Gilbert, though, with the the entrance and the theme and stuff, that was kind of your idea. You wanted to kind of do the sparklers and, and like the safe pyrotechnics. Oh, no, 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 no. Now, the sparklers and all, they definitely came up with. I laughed my ass off. The dotted line, they came up with. I was like, what's the dotted line for? And they said, well... See, Goldberg sold the rights to that tattoo to WCW. So the big joke was, between amongst the boys, was what happens? You cut your arm off? Yeah, follow the dotted line. Because they want their tattoo. You know what I mean? <laughs> yep. <laughs> and that was the joke. <laughs> and everybody, you know, all the boys who knew him and, and knew about the whole deal were like, Oh, shit, look at the dotted line. Oh, yeah. You know? And that was the big, the big ha-ha. Definitely added to the character. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, he, but Bill is a really nice guy, man. He really is. Yeah? What do you think? Is he going to win the title? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. What about you? You think he's going to beat Kevin Owens and win the title? Hmm. Hmm. He beat Brock Lesnar in a minute and 20 seconds. Hmm. Think he's going to beat Kevin Owens? Yes. Uh, what about you, though? Yeah, I, I love think, yeah. Kevin Owens to death. I love him to death. I think he's great. I think he's an awesome champion. But come on, man. If he doesn't, I think Lesnar's going to be pitching a bitch. Hmm. Or somebody might take a real ass whooping. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind seeing uh, maybe a title match for you uh, against Goldberg on Raw. Oh, I'd love to do it, just to, you know, I mean, Christ, it wouldn't last for 20 seconds, but I'd love to go out there and act like I was going for the title. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man, the crowd would shit themselves, you know that? The chance. Because the, the chance everybody would honestly believe he's going to freaking win. Gil's going to get the title. I cannot believe this. You know what I mean? Yep. And you know yourself, you would think it. If I came out there, you'd be like, Holy shit, they're going to give Gil the title. That's what everybody would think, you know? It'd be awesome. It would be freaking awesome. Good TV, that's for sure. Definitely. And you know what? With with Gilbert, it'd be funny with the, the, the chance, the dueling chance, Gilbert, Goldberg, or, you know, who's next, and it could be who's first. Brother, did you, like see, did you see, yeah, yeah, you know how the John Cena, John Cena sucks? It'd be Gil, it'd be Goldberg, Goldberg, Gilbert, Gilbert, Goldberg. That'd be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think would be, really be cool as if, uh, you know, Paul Heyman's always out there with Lesnar. Yeah. When Goldberg yeah. comes out, he goes, and I got something for you, little fat boy. Boom, 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 out I come. <laughs> and the point in the match when Goldberg spears Lesnar... I spear Heyman. A fucking roof would come off that building. That is an awesome idea. Let's book it. That's a great idea. The roof would come off the building. You know it as well as I do. <laughs> if I speared if I speared Paul Heyman. Oh my god. <laughs> oh. I tell you what, nope. I'd make sure Lesnar wasn't over my corner my shoulders. <laughs> Oh, yeah, oh, my God. Spear Heyman and get up and run. (laughs) 
right, get the hell hey, out Brock, of here. You're a big dude, but these little skinny ass legs will outrun you. <laughs> <laughs> I can run a long way. Thanks for listening to the two man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading. This is the most utterly badass knife competition ever created. Beautiful cut! He's Robin Hood crossed with Rambo. You and your blade will be tested in a series of time challenges. Good God! Broke the knife in half! The winner earns a $20,000 cash prize. Welcome to Knife or Death.